Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome to the show, everyone. And I got to tell you, I love, I'm going to love this show. You're going to love this show. But this is a very big special PR day in America. Very big. Maybe on CNN by the time this show's over. Because we have a great famous epileptologist who is a national leader in epilepsy. Someone that I'm blessed to say is a friend of mine. And guess what, folks? He's taken my place. He's going to be the next chair of the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation, Dr. Brian Smith. I am so excited, Brian. I'm the first one to do this big media thing about you being chair. Well, thank you very much, Joyce, but it's, it's, a, it's an honor, but it's going to be hard to follow in the footsteps of a Joyce Bender, believe oh, me. Oh, that is no, 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 that's not true. He's going to be fantastic. I'm just telling you, I've, you know what? From when I first met you, Brian, I liked you. From when I first met you through Greg Barkley, I remember. Oh, yeah. I remember him telling me, you got to meet this guy, you'll like him, and he was right. Hey, little did you know what we'd be doing, huh? That's right. I had no way to predict uh, what the next uh, few years would uh, would hold. It, it's been, yes. It's been a, here a great, you are. Great experience. There you are. You'll be the king, the, <laughs> the king, king of the Epilepsy Foundation. <laughs> so, Brian, what does it feel like knowing you're going to be the chair of a major organization? You know, this is like being the CEO of a company. It is. That is what it is. So how does that feel? Well, it's been, I've done a nice, a very nice apprenticeship with you over the last couple of years, so I feel a lot more comfortable than I would have a couple of years ago, but it's a real exciting time. I mean, obviously there's lots of uh, changes that are going around the country for various reasons, and, and this includes the nonprofit organizations. So as we try to look at uh, what our organization is and what we want to change and what we want to improve, it, it's it's an exciting time for that because of some of these changes we're talking about and putting in action. Yes, and I know that you're going to make things happen. So tell me, what do you hope to accomplish, Brian? You know those two years, they are amazing how fast they go, but definitely a lot goes on, as you can tell from when I have been the chair yes. the past two years. But, um, you know, when you move into this position, what, what do you hope you're going to be able to accomplish? Well, uh, as you well know, Joyce, we're looking at um, are there adjustments that we can make to the foundation, both at the, at the national office and 
how we work together with our affiliates to really make it, you know, a highly functioning machine in the sense of that we're we're efficient, we're not redundant, we're reaching out to every patient and every family that's affected by epilepsy better than we are now. And I think there are a lot of people that feel we've got room for expansion and growth and and reaching out to more people than we have currently. So we're looking at a lot of those different things and how we can do that, how we can better represent um, uh, people who are affected by epilepsy and actually provide them, uh, you know, inroads into success in their treatments and to help foster further research in the, in the area because despite how common it is, as you well know, that we're still uh, really facing an uphill battle when it comes to research funding, and especially in these economic times with government cutbacks, uh, we really need to push in a number of diff- different uh, directions. So reorganization where we're a more efficient machine and, and touching all lives of people with epilepsy and really growing the foundation um, so we can do more things than we have been able to in the past. Yeah, I have a question about that, Brian. With the research funding, um, over, you know, being that you're an epileptologist, even at other organizations, normally does the majority of that money come from the government? Well, there clearly is a a large percentage. I mean, when you look at... uh, the academic centers or the specialized centers that do epilepsy, um, you know, a lot comes through NIH or NINDS, but that's difficult money to, to come by. I mean, there's a limited amount there. So there are other, you can get uh, grants through, obviously, the Epilepsy Foundation is a major organizer of research, and that's why when people provide um, uh, funding or resources to us, that helps in us getting out not only getting out the word, but actually moving the research along. So the Epilepsy Foundation, the American Epilepsy Society, and there's a number of our sister organizations that also have some research funding that uh, can be quite helpful. Um, but, yes, a, a big part of what we're looking at is trying to either maintain or, or increase our, our government programs where there's funding for research. And why I'm asking you this, I'm wondering, you know, I know there are individuals you know, that uh, leave money, you know, in their estate to the foundation has happened in the past specifically for research. And I know, as you mentioned, with the government, CDC, and HRSA and all these groups that, you know, we can receive funding. How often do you receive funding or how often have organizations gone after funding from the private sector for research? Oh, very often. I mean, because... The public sector, um, these are people who understand the problem probably more than anybody because they have either been affected by um, epilepsy or they know family members or friends who have been affected by it. So when they reach out to us um, and provide funding like that, that ends up being probably our, our major uh, key uh, subset that really gets our research funding. I mean, if you look even back at the Epilepsy Foundation over the last five years, a majority of what we've worked on has been from the private sector and people specifically who had an interest and gave to the Epilepsy Foundation. And the reason I'm bringing this up, if you're listening to the show right now and you are a business, a corporation, hey, this is something so important. Remember when you give money to the foundation or a grant for research, you are saving lives. And in many cases, those lives could be lives of children. 
So listening to the show right now, remember, epilepsyfoundation.org, whether you want to make a contribution as an individual, but if you're a corporation, you can help us through your foundation by making that contribution today. And believe me, there's no end to what we can do when it comes to research, trying to find the cure for epilepsy and understanding epilepsy more. Um, and Brian, I'm right that over the past several years, it, it seems like there's a constant uh, knowledge base that occurs, understanding epilepsy or its connection to things such as traumatic brain injury or mood disorders. Isn't that true that it's like nonstop learning? Oh, yes. I mean, it seems like uh, every year we, we turn over new leaves that give us more insights on the direction that we should be going for treatment options and figuring out why some of the coexisting problems. I mean, for years, you know, epilepsy was looked at as, okay, seizures are the problem, that's, there's no other issues. Well, we, we realize now there's so many other what we call comorbidities or other illnesses that can be linked to that. I mean, just the, the common example of depression. I mean, it's so common uh, with patients who have some forms of epilepsy just because you're affecting certain uh, groups of brain cells and their chemicals, which can actually uh, create that same condition, um, you know, with, the, with depression. So it's very common, and we're just starting to really get into some of those areas that we haven't addressed in the past. And to that point, that would be why medication that many people think of, Depakote for bipolar disorder, is also used uh, to prevent seizures. Right. Um, I mean, whenever we're thinking now of using an anti-seizure medication, we also have to look at, okay, what other illnesses or symptoms does the patient have? And am I picking out a drug that's going to make those symptoms or that other illness better, worse, um, could I actually treat two things with one medication? And so it really becomes, you can't just look at the epilepsy alone. You need to look at the big picture, the effects of the medication, whether positive or negative, and how you can use them in favor of that kind of improving quality of life. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, wow, I mean, there are so many things that it can impact uh, when you have epilepsy. I mean, there really are so many areas including, for example, traumatic brain injury, which we'll talk about later on. But, hey, if you just joined the show, you are in for a real treat because we are talking to the next chairman of the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation. And, by the way, that's not long far away. That's just in a couple weeks because Brian will be taking over at the next board of directors meeting which is coming up in May. So how about that? You're getting to hear him now. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Dr. Brian Smith. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. 
There's a course offered on 7th Wave Network that you never saw offered in college. One that provides information on how to transform ancient wisdom teachings into everyday life. You'll learn how to create from your spirit and explore the world with all of your senses. Participation is encouraged. Enroll in Spirituality 101, the course you can't afford to miss with your host, Reverend Norma. Class is in session every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, in your favorite classroom, 7th Wave Network. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darlings, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hi, I'm Greg Grumberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. If you just tuned in, oh, what a great show. We have Dr. Brian Smith, my replacement, as the chair of the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation. So in May, he's the chair. I am the past chair. And let me tell you, I am excited to tell you that our future is bright with Brian Smith as the chair of the board. I'll give you a little insight here about Brian. Um, He is really a uh, highly respected epileptologist, uh, really brilliant man, and yet he's down to earth and cares because I have made phone calls to him, which I can't believe how he would get right back to me, even when I broke my leg and I was in Utah. And every time you call him and ask him a medical question, it's like this switch goes on. Yeah, he can be from kidding around to very serious in a second when it's about anything related to your health. But really, uh, Brian, I just think you're a fantastic person. Well, thank you, Joyce. But it, it's been a pleasure, obviously, uh, working with you over the last multiple years, specifically the last uh, year and a half to two years with the foundation. And I, I know we have lots of work yet to do together, and I'll continue to I'm sure have your guidance uh, on my right right side. You can count on it. Yes, you can. Now, Brian, you also know we have another new leader. We have a new CEO. So how do you feel about that? Well, that's great. I mean, we, we knew we had to make some changes, and we needed a, a new level of energy um, in that position. And although it was a difficult process, as all you may know, uh, you know, a search for executive position like that is time consuming and you have to there's a lot of uh, uh work that needs to be done to do that but we really found a great person to fill that role uh he rich comes with a new energy level and experience 
um, not, uh, actually coming from the corporate side, but which really helps us become a more efficient um, uh, nonprofit agency. And it's rare that you find someone who has so fully connected in the epilepsy world like that to assume that position, who really knew um, epilepsy as a disorder uh, could um, interact, could and has interacted over and over again with uh, patients with epilepsy and their families in his previous uh, job, and it was just great for us. And I, I think just the first three to four months of this year are a great example of we're, we're off to the races and things are looking very bright ahead. Yes, we are off to the races, and we have a dynamo. i got to tell you, Rich Dennis is doing a great job, um, and he is our new CEO, and he just... You know, he has it all together, and I think you'll see a lot of great things happen. So, Brian, a little bit earlier I talked about the impact of traumatic brain injury with, for example, our servicemen and women coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan and how that's connected to epilepsy, and I wondered if you could talk about that for a few minutes. Well, obviously, uh, trauma, brain trauma is a risk factor for the development of epilepsy, and we have all these uh, brave young men and women who are coming back from um, all the issues over in the Middle East um, and with who have sustained injury, and we know that they are at risk for the development of seizures. So we've tried to be a very active component in getting out um, not only some of the education but helping with the research process so as they come back, we can understand uh, who is at risk, who's more at risk, and who's likely to develop epilepsy, and how do we deal with it. You know, in, in past wars, we've had issues with penetrating brain injury where you have shrapnel or a bullet or something like that, which creates a certain type of injury. But now we have different types of injuries. Some are similar, but some are, you know, these improvised explosive devices that are on the side of the road and the shock to the system as, you know, when that wave of pressure hits the head, um, and even if it's not a penetrating injury, creates a type of injury that's a bit different than what we're used to. So there's some great research going on here, but we need to try to do whatever we can to make things safer for our, our sons and daughters who are going over there and involved in these, these altercations. So that would mean, Brian, that really many times in many situations, if a person would have uh, some type of severe injury. I mean, I myself had a traumatic brain injury, but I already had epilepsy. It just made it worse, uh, you know, the scar tissue after having surgery. But, I mean, for another person, just if they were in a car accident, uh, no matter what it would be, if they had traumatic brain injury, they too then could have epilepsy. Yeah, brain injury is a risk. Obviously, the mild brain, uh, traumatic brain injury carries much less of a risk when we look at you know, in the civilian population. But as the severity of the injury gets worse, you, there is this kind of um, the risk level clearly goes up because you can think about what's happening in your brain and how that can create this mechanism of potential scarring, which can later down the road lead to seizures. One of the things we've learned from military studies is the injury can, can occur here in, at year one, but you may not see seizures occurring until year five and sometimes year 10 and even later. Uh, the majority will uh, start in the first couple of years after injury, but there are clearly documented cases where much later in life that can still occur. So we have to 
not only evaluate them when they return, but continue to monitor them and be sure that we're open to the possibilities and treat them appropriately. Now, when you have the traumatic brain injury, um, what 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 actually happens? I mean, from a medical standpoint, what causes that then to become epilepsy? Well, remember, if the brain is this massive network of uh, brain cells that have this balance of electrical activity, I mean, you have a couple ways. There's a primary injury, which is the actual force, and uh, if there's some type of penetration, how it can disrupt the connections of brain cells and alter that balance of electrical activity. You also can have blood and other um, uh, chemicals that are part of the acute injury process that lead to the development of this abnormal network of brain cells that electrically is unstable. Um, and just some of the changes, I mean, blood is very irritating to the brain. It can very often lead to the development of a scarred area that's not electrically stable. So a lot of the research right now is, is there ways when there is injury that we can prevent that epilepsy process from starting? Unfortunately, we have no clear answer to that. Most of our seizure medications right now are used to control the symptom, which is a seizure. It doesn't act, there's no drug I can easily take right after being involved in an accident or having a head injury that is necessarily going to alter that process of developing epilepsy. So all these things, um, both the mechanical injury and then all the chemical and cellular changes that occur in those subsequent weeks after the injury are areas that we're looking at research-wise in how to try to prevent the development of, of seizures. Wow, I mean, it is so involved, but it's important for people to know because just as you said, it doesn't always happen immediately. So it can happen six months from now, you know, a year into the future. And Brian, I know you were a national spokesperson uh, standing up talking about this. Can you talk about that a little bit, what you did when you testified? Well, it was just, I mean, when the whole, when the bill was. Uh, we were trying to get it passed to get funding for uh, epilepsy centers of excellence in the VA system. You know, that always requires a little um, work to get that funding, but it was clear that we needed it. I mean, in, in many years past, there were some specialty centers in the VA system that performed some of the, some of the uh, hallmark work in determining, for example, the effectiveness of certain epilepsy drugs. Unfortunately, over the years, the funding just went away, and, and those centers were not maintained. So when then we had this large influx of uh, uh, soldiers with brain injury, we know that that needs to be addressed from an epilepsy standpoint. And I think everybody realized that, and that's why we, uh, we did have some hearings and did get approval uh, for the VA Epilepsy Centers of Excellence. And how many are there now? Well, they're operationally, they're kind of set up geographically, and there are four main um, epilepsy centers of excellence. And well, what they've tried to do is uh, kind of tie them in with uh, those specialty centers that are involved in traumatic brain injury at the same time. Um, and so there's this new network that is set up. So when we talk about any of our returning soldiers or, or those getting follow-up care in the VA system, that they can connect through one of those centers. So, so what do they do? What is the main service they provide at these centers? If for someone listening to the show right now, what, why would they go there? Well, one, they should be, avail be able to get the top uh, 
quality care and evaluation for not only their previous injury but the potential ramifications of that injury, which one can include epilepsy. And these are also the centers where we're really trying to fund some of the key research in looking at this process because, um, you know, there's no better way to look at it. It's not like these studies can be done in humans usually, and I'm not saying we're doing studies to uh, create this problem, but we've got soldiers returning who are in the process of that being developed. And when we look at them closely and look at what treatments may benefit them, this is key information in, in what we can design not only for the present day but for the future. Wow. Well, I mean, that is so great, though, for people to have to have that opportunity. That is fantastic. Um, well, you know, one of the reasons, and Brian, we talk about this all the time, but many people with epilepsy do not want to say they have epilepsy. You know, as you well know, I tell the world I have epilepsy, but how many times have I been somewhere where after I talk about epilepsy or me having epilepsy that someone will say, oh, I have epilepsy, but I never disclosed this. You know, there is that terrible stigma still attached. Where the heck do you think that started, Brian? Oh, I mean, you can go back thousands of years. I mean, epilepsy's been around forever, and, I mean, you go back pre-biblical times, and, you know, this was the issue. Unfortunately, since we didn't understand what caused epilepsy, and remember, a seizure is a, a brief period of time where, someone's behavior can be look quite unusual, you know, and they may act like, not act like them nor, their normal selves. So if you go back historically, you know, you had people saying, well, gee, are they possessed with something? And because they didn't understand that this was an electrical problem of the brain. And so a lot of these things got passed down for years because it was a lack of understanding. And now we understand what it is, but still getting that out to the public. I mean, you talk to some, uh, senior people in this country. This is how they were raised. You, you don't talk about epilepsy. This is a closet illness. You, you don't tell other people. We aren't going to tell anybody else and uh, keep it behind closed doors, which is so wrong. I mean, that's not the issue. I mean, epilepsy is a uh, disorder of the brain. Any organ can have a problem. There are other organs that have short cir- electrical short circuits, just like the brain. The heart can have that, but we don't hide behind closed doors on that. Um, it's a you know someone who has involved in a motor vehicle accident or, or develops meningitis. They didn't do anything wrong. They had an illness, and this is uh, part of that uh, process that can result from that injury or illness to the brain. So it should be nothing we're ashamed of. We shouldn't be hiding it. We need to make uh, it clear what this is. Educate the public and provide as much uh, help and resources to those who are affected by the illness. Right. Oh, I agree 100% because uh, it is ignorance and lack of understanding. And, hey, we're working to change that. But hold on. I think we have a caller on the line. Do we have a caller on the line? Hey, Joyce, how are you? Are you caller on the line? I, I am on the line. Can you hear me? I hear you very well. You know what? We were just talking about you. Really? We were talking about our dynamic new CEO, Rich Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was calling to uh, congratulate and, and see if I could find a way to harass our, our upcoming chair, Brian Smith. Well, go right ahead. He, he's just <laughs> waiting for you to do that. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I just heard Brian speaking about... Uh, you know, about awareness uh, with epilepsy and, and, you know, actually talking about epilepsy. And it's going to be great to work with him. I've known Brian for 
about six years now, and uh, you know I think our affinity for hockey uh, had us click right away. But um, you know, there's there's no more special epileptologist than somebody who's had seizures and who has uh, has helped people with epilepsy on a daily basis. He's going to be a great. Oh, he is. He's going to be a fantastic chair. Um, and I'm not kidding. We were talking about you and how we know you're going to do a great job. Brian, do you have any words of wisdom here for Rich? Well, Rich, thanks for calling in. And uh, No, I don't think I – Rich and I have had a lot of conversations uh, over the uh, last uh, two to three months about uh, the Epilepsy Foundation, and I'm so impressed by what's already happened, and I'm really excited about – uh, the next couple of years, uh, Joyce, you brought us into this uh, uh, developing situation, and I think it's all very positive. So uh, this is great. Yeah, hey, and hey, I'll Joyce. tell you what, Rich Dennis is going to shake things up, but he's going to move us forward. And for all of the you listening to the show, um, if you haven't met our new CEO, Rich Dennis, you should, because he really is a special person, and we're very lucky to have him. Uh, so, Rich? We're with you. Thanks, Joyce. I, I appreciate it. And I, I was just thinking in, in my parting words and wishing Brian well that I, I thought I would get him a Detroit Red Wing hockey jersey with Sidney Crosby's number and name on the back of it. Would you do that? <laughs> you, know, see, you know what? Sidney Crosby may be listening right now, so I'm not going to tell all the details. <laughs> Other than Sidney, Brian really likes you. That's all I'm going to say. That's I don't right. want you to come to our fundraiser, Sidney. There you go. There you yes. go. But, Brian, uh, I'll catch up with you soon. Joyce, uh, you know, great talking with you, and I uh, look forward to seeing both of you in the next couple of weeks, okay? Okay. Thanks, See you, Rich. Rich. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. He is so awesome, isn't he? Sure is. Yeah. Well, we're going to go to break, and then we'll be right back to talk more to the new upcoming chair of the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation, Dr. Brian Smith. We'll be right back. Don't go away. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darlings, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Hi, I'm Greg Grumberg from the TV show Heroes. 
One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back, and if you just tuned in, we're talking to Dr. Brian Smith, who will be in May the new chairman of the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation, um, and we're excited. He is going to take us into the future. He's a great leader with integrity, and he's going to make it happen. Uh, Brian, we were talking about stigma right before we went to break, mm-hmm. um, and I just want to make one last comment about that. You know, many young people with epilepsy are brutally bullied in school, and we had several uh, emails here or comments on Facebook for you about, uh, you know, what you think of that or, um, you know, do you have any advice for, the, like, a teenager that's constantly bullied at school? Yeah, I mean, Joyce, I know you've been involved in this uh, in great depth, and, uh, you know, this is a really sad situation. I mean, bullying should never occur, whether we're talking about an illness or not, but, you know, this whole idea of someone with uh, epilepsy being bullied just isn't, is so wrong. I mean, uh, this is where we need to get out to the schools and we need to um, be sure children understand what this is. It doesn't, you know, they're not a freak. They're not someone who can't fit in um, with their friends and their and their fellow students in the classroom. I mean, and, you know, when you've got people like that, bullying shouldn't be happening in our in people in our school system should should be sure that that isn't happening whether we're talking about epilepsy or anybody else i mean you you you've seen the headlines you've seen the ramifications of what happens with this and it just isn't right right and listen to any young person listening to this show let me tell you what brian smith dr brian smith uh lived with epilepsy and look at him one of the top doctors in the united states uh, chairman of the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation, and I got news for you. He's got your back, and he is really cool, even though he's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go to the National Epilepsy Walk so you can meet him and hear him. But what I'm trying to tell you is you may not know this, but there are so many people out there who care about you and who believe in you. So, you know, when people are giving you a hard time like that at school, just remember, they have the problem, not you. They do. You don't. That's right. Right, Brian? That's right. So, Brian, talking about these young people with epilepsy, there are all levels of epilepsy. You know, there are people like us. Uh, there are people that, in other words, that the medication controls the epilepsy or people that outgrow epilepsy or people such as myself that goes for years and doesn't have a seizure then has one. 
um, or people that have maybe two or three a month, but then there are children and adults that have them nonstop. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And I wondered if you could talk about that a little bit because sometimes I don't think I think people have the idea of it's one or the other. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, you're you're correct there, Joyce. I mean, when we talk about epilepsy, uh, you use the term epilepsy, and everybody thinks of one specific condition. But when we talk about the different types of epilepsy or epilepsy syndromes, you know, you're talking about over 40 different types. So you can imagine how each one of them can be quite different. We talked earlier about stigma and how you know. Uh, people have assumed this, that, whatever, and, and people have been alienated because of the condition. So a big push that we've had over the years is try to eliminate that stigma that you can live a normal life with epilepsy. But we also have to remember there are certain types of epilepsy and certain syndromes that even when we're doing everything right, unfortunately it's a, it can be quite a severe illness. And there are syndromes in which uh, can we refer to as almost catastrophic, in which they can be very severe. There's multiple seizure types. The ability to develop normally just is not, it's not there. So when we talk about epilepsy, we have to think of the spectrum, that there's a wide spectrum from someone who looks very normal and is very well controlled to someone who has multiple problems, neurologic problems, uh, cannot function independently on their own, has multiple seizure types, and despite two or three different medications, still has seizures on a daily basis. And those are really, really tough situations that we need more research, we need more funding, uh, we need to try to make as many inroads as possible in those areas. And, Brian, you know, wow, 40 different types. Can you just very quickly explain to our listeners, like, the, you know, the main types of seizures, you know what I mean, complex, partial, et cetera? Can, can you review that for a minute? Well, just briefly, I mean, when we look at all the epilepsy types to begin with, you know, we think a little bit over half of them starting in one area of the brain. And so we call those partial epilepsies where, for example, if I get in, hit my head on one side, I may start having seizures coming from that area of injury. Um, or if I have a small tumor that's developed, I may have seizures coming from that area. So seizures may look different in that they could be very subtle or, or small seizures that could be just a funny feeling or a period of confusion. Or if the seizure spreads to the whole brain, it can look like a what we call a grand mal seizure. There's another subtype of epilepsies which are genetically passed, and the majority of those we look at generalized, that the whole brain is short-circuiting. And many of those can be easily controlled with one medication, but then there are some that cannot. Um, and then we also have another whole span of epilepsy types that are much more difficult because we tend to call them secondary generalized epilepsies where the whole brain has been affected. The, the brain waves don't look normal at all when we look at an EEG. There can be multiple seizure types. And these type of things you can be born with or they can be secondary to some type of injury also. Uh, so there is quite a span of different types. There's the very straightforward, easy to control. Um, that can involve just one specific part of the brain or the whole brain. And, but on the other side, they can, those same type of epilepsies can be very difficult to control. Right. Um, and, you know, you'll meet people that take all different types of medication or take all levels of medication. But the one thing I want everyone to know, there is no clear cut all the time, seizure. I mean, 
I've had different types of seizures. Um, and, of course, we all are familiar with the tonic-clonic or what many people in the public call the grand mal seizure. But even that can be different, you know, the way the person reacts. Um, and I think that's one of the problems is people either think it's going to be that. Most people think that is what it would be if people have a seizure. Right. And they don't realize how many people have a complex partial seizure or obsolete seizure or, uh, you know, whatever. But it's sort of like when I studied psychology and, you know, the the clinical psychologist that I was an assistant to said to me, what's the difference between now that you're graduating and freshman year? I said, well, freshman year, you think everyone you know is either paranoid, schizophrenic, um, you know, bipolar disorder or what it like. You're, you're going around evaluating your family, everyone, and you're sure they're this thing. And then when you graduate, you realize that you know so little about the human mind because it's no clear-cut thing. And that's how epilepsy is. It is no clear-cut situation because every time I talk to you, Brian, I'm amazed at the way you tell me people have different reactions to seizures. Yeah, I mean, when we treat, when we teach residents and fellows and medical students, is there's one thing I would want them to learn is uh, seizures come in all sizes and shapes. If you assume a seizure can start from anywhere in the brain and spread in many different directions, you can see how different that seizure can look. I mean, there are patients who switch a medication and their seizures may have be uh, much better controlled and they have less frequent seizures, but now their seizures look completely different because that new drug is blocking that seizure from spreading a certain way and now it's going in a different direction. So mm-hmm. always, you, know, you have to keep a very open mind when we talk about different seizure types and different epilepsy types. Right. I'm an example of that. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and that's why, listen, if something's going on and, and you're not, you went to a family doctor but you still aren't feeling right about it, if you're thinking it may be seizures, or ep, you know, which is epilepsy, you really should go and talk to a neurologist that specializes in epilepsy, which is what Dr. Smith does. So I'm just saying... You know, if you're not sure, don't be thinking it's just one way or it is an epilepsy. Go find out. Be your own advocate because, you know, you could be saving your own life when you do that. So, Brian, now they're going to be the chair, and I know we'll take off like crazy at the foundation. Uh, As you know, we've always had, like, a national youth council. Uh, What's your feeling on that? Are you going to work to include that? Oh, sure, Joyce. Uh, I mean, as you know, well know, I mean, Tony Coelho, uh, who has been, uh, uh, you know, part of the foundation of the, uh, the, you know, the foundation of the foundation for a number of years. I mean, he was really the, the voice to come out and say, hey, we should involve young America here much more than we have. And, you know, even when I first heard about that, I wasn't quite sure where he was going, but it made perfect sense. I mean, you have people whose understanding of epilepsy as they're 70, 80 years old now really isn't going to change. And we talk about the stigma and other issues. Well, we're not necessarily going to change that. But then all these young children who are going through school who are just learning for the first time, this is the premier time to talk with them so they understand uh, what seizures are, what epilepsy is, and how, how to interact with others who have it and what treatments are out there. So this was Tony's um, uh, initial uh, 
idea and path, and it's been a great idea. I mean, we, we need to involve them more and more with every passing day. Well, listen, um, and I agree with you because that is our future. We have a caller on the line right now. I think it's my wingman. Is it my wingman? Did. Hello. Hello. It is your wingman, and I'm glad Brian answered that question the way he did. <laughs> Tony, all right. How are you, Brian? Good. How are you? How do you like that answer, Tony, to the question about the youth? Wasn't that good? That was good. It wasn't prompted. I loved it. No, no, I had no idea. That's great. <laughs> well, Brian, it's it's great to be on here. I, you know, I I'm uh, a great admirer of yours uh, from the first time I met you. I have always felt that you would be a great leader for our cause. And it's so exciting to be able to say that um, we will be having, as chair of our foundation, uh, somebody who has epilepsy, um, who's a bright person, a good person. But you know what? Uh, He is also uh, a medical doctor. Um, and most people say, really? Um, uh, somebody uh, who has epilepsy can be a doctor? And I said, of course, we can be anything. Um, and it's, uh, it is fabulous to be able to say that, and, and then to have you be such a wonderful person that you are on top of that is, uh, I'm just really excited about it. Joyce and I have talked about that often, and we're so thrilled that you um, have been willing to to take the chairmanship uh, when when you get it this coming June, I guess it is. May. Um, May. May. In just a couple of weeks, he's taken over. Okay, so it, it's going to be a really exciting, and, and um, I'm thrilled for you and happy for you, but more importantly, uh, I'm thrilled for the epilepsy community. Well, thanks, Tony. And uh, if people don't know, you, you know, you were one of the, you were like the initial link of me to the foundation. Um, uh, quite a few years ago, I was asked to write a preface for a, one of Steve Schechter's brainstorms books, and this whole idea of speaking up, speaking out about epilepsy, and uh, again, not being involved with the foundation in a significant manner prior to that, that was a big decision for me, and not necessarily an easy one. And and I remember my few, first communication with Tony. And that subsequent interaction really was kind of what steered me into that direction of, you know, being part of the process, being part of the foundation, and speaking up about it. So I do very much thank you for that. And obviously you and Joyce have uh, really provided me insights and direction over the last few years in, in working with the foundation. So I really appreciate that. Well, I think it's great. I I uh, I remember when... I first went on the board of the Epilepsy Foundation. Uh, the, we didn't, the board didn't really believe that people with epilepsy should be on the board and, of course, didn't believe anybody should be, uh, with epilepsy should be chairman of the board. And now for the people who are listening, uh, you have uh, me as a past chair. You have Joyce as the current chair. Uh, and uh, you have, in a, in a few weeks, uh, we have the next chair. All three of us uh, have epilepsy. So uh, what progress uh, our community has made uh, that uh, we have uh, three chairs of the foundation, all with epilepsy, 
and all aggressively interested in making sure that young people are part uh, of of the movement uh, in deciding what the future uh, of our movement should should be and be uh, actually decision makers on what the future should be. So it's an exciting time for the epilepsy community, and uh, Joyce has done such a great job these last two years, and you're going to even do a better job, which makes it exciting for me. Well, thanks again, Tony. And again, following in the footsteps of Joyce and you is very difficult, but I, I will continue to utilize uh, your guys' advice and guidance. It's, it's, been a, it's been a great time. I look forward to the future two years. You will be a dynamo. There is no doubt in my mind. And, Tony, thanks a million for calling in. No problem. Thank you, Joyce. Appreciate no. it. Take care, All right. Tony. Thanks, Bye-bye. Tony. Thank you. I think we have uh, another caller on the line. Steve, are you on the line? How are you? Now, you are the wingman, Steve. <laughs> I thought maybe, you know, you found no, another wingman. Steve, you were the wingman. <laughs> I have to tell on the air this story, okay? Here I am at the Department of Defense, and there's these two senior people working that are actually in the Air Force that are there, and um, they come over to me, and one of them says, you're safe now. You've got a wingman on each side of you. And I said, oh, I don't need you because I have Steve Sabatini. He's my wingman. There he is, the past chair that carried me through. One of the best people I know, thanks. and I bet you're calling in to talk to Brian Smith, Steve. I am. Thanks, Joyce. I appreciate those comments. And um, Brian, I just, uh, you know, I heard you were on today, and I wanted to call in and, um, you know, wish you wish you the best. I think that uh, the past uh, several years, a lot of changes have occurred. Um, I think recently with our new uh, with our new CEO. Um, there's really a lot of positives, and I think you're taking over at a at a great time, and are really going to be able to move the foundation forward. And I couldn't think of anybody uh, better to do this. Uh, I've gotten to know you over the past several years as we uh, were board members together, and uh, as I was uh, the board chair before um, before Joyce, to uh, really see what your capabilities, commitment, enthusiasm are. And uh, I know that you are just going to do a fantastic job. And just remember that um, uh, even though my term of the board ends in May, you know how to reach me. Uh, and if you um, if you forget, just just call Joyce because I know she knows how to reach me. I think she has a direct line. I do. I have such a direct line that when I call there, they put me through in a second. I mean, his immediately his wife says, "Oh, it's Joyce." Here she comes again. No, she never says that. I called this man nonstop, and I want to tell you, he always had time for me, always patient. Um, I, I really I could not have done all this without you, and, Steve, you're stuck with me forever. Well, I, and I also want to say thanks, Steve. I mean, without past uh, chairs like uh, you, Joyce, Tony, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't be in this position it's just it's been an honor to be part of the process and you know uh when i look at some of the things steve has done with the foundation uh you know you've been solid all the way through and we've we've had some rocky times that you really have been the force to get us through them and as you, as you can see even though your term is uh up we've still got you very much involved in very important issues so 
Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking on a very, very regular basis. And, uh, again, thank you again for all your support and guidance. I'm glad to help. And uh, just remember, you know, if I can be of any help in the future, just, just let me know. Great. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Thanks okay. for calling in. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, you're really popular, Brian. You're really popular. I think we have another caller on the line. Hello. Hey, I know this voice. Judy, how are you? I'm fine. How are you, Joyce? Oh, it's so nice to hear you. Judy Painter is the executive director of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA. And see, Judy, now that I'm going to be the past chair, I'll be able to say best office anywhere. <laughs> I don't think you should, I still don't think you should say that. But anyway, Dr. Smith, I was so enjoying uh, listening to everything that you were saying on, on, on the uh on the program, uh, Joyce, I think you should have him on more often to talk about epilepsy and the, and uh, how it affects people in different ways. And and it was, I was so enjoying that. And then all of a sudden, you know, all this adulation came out, and um, I thought, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> but I agree with everything that was that has been said. Uh, you know, it's been wonderful knowing you over the years. Um, I know how much you care about people with epilepsy. I know how much you care about the affiliate network and all of us succeeding to be able to take care of more people with epilepsy and the problems that they face on a day-to-day basis. So well, uh, we're really looking forward to, as affiliates, you coming on board. Well, thanks a lot, Judy. It's, I know we've known each other for a number of years now, and, I mean, it's great having that relationship because, uh, obviously, your affiliate is one of the leaders in our organization, and we look to to you for guidance and, you know, the examples you've set with a, a number of areas, uh, you know, fundraising, uh, everybody talks about uh, your Mardi Gras, uh, I mean, uh, and you, and you get so to come many... to it next year, Brian. I know, I plan. I was just going <laughs> to say, and Judy, while we have him on the air publicly, he will be coming to the Mardi Gras this year, right, That's Brian? That's right. That's right. That's what we just talked about, yes. Okay, there you which go. Really, which the really, date. Which you, well, you will have, have a very good come. time, and... Uh, but also, I want to congratulate Joyce uh, on all the work that she's done over the past two years. You know, all you, know, you Steve, and and Brian, you uh, being in charge of uh, you know the executive church, you, you've all worked so hard. Uh, I know it's been a tough year for you know a couple. Of, the last couple of years have been tough for all nonprofits, and to have gone through what we've gone through in this economic time, and 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 at the same time. Uh, go through a national search and come, you know, have someone as positive as Richard Dennis has just been great, and I know that you all worked very, very hard on that, and and don't think that it's not appreciated. Oh, thank you, Judy. Thank you very much. Thank Judy. you very it much. Really is. And, and, and we uh, are one group, that is for sure. And uh, Judy, thank you so much for calling in. And thank you guys for everything you do. You're volunteers. I really, really appreciate it, and hope that you know that we all do. All thank right, you. we do. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Okay. So, Brian, you know, you're going to have to come back on because I didn't get through with all my questions. We're almost done. Therefore, I have to ask you what message you would like to leave with our listeners today. Well, you know, really just join us in being the voice for those with with epilepsy. Um, You know, uh, when we look how common this problem is, it's the, you know, uh, close to the third most common neurologic problem here in the United States and worldwide it's even the incidence is even higher because of uh, certain infections and yet uh, we talk about it very little the funding for it from uh, for research is still very little and so we need 
everyone out there who understands epilepsy, who knows someone with epilepsy, to reach out, be the voice, uh, you know, p- provide funding so we can do further research. Uh, that's really the message because uh, this can't be done just with a lot of talk. Uh, it needs some action. It needs some funding. And if you're out there, please listen and jump on board. You know what, Brian? I end the show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader, politician, or leader in America, and you know what? I'm changing my quote. I'm changing my quote, and I'm giving Brian, you know, I, Tony would talk about family. I would talk about lead on, you know, through Justin Dart and different things, but i got to tell you, I love this quote of Brian Smith, be the voice. That is going to be your mantra, Brian Smith, next chair of the Epilepsy Foundation. A quote from him, be the voice, and what a great message that is. Brian, thank you so much. I will really look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks and passing on the gavel, but you can count on me being with you. You're stuck with me also. Hey, this is great, Joyce. I really appreciate everything you've done, and I look forward to Uh, our future years together. You can count on it. Hey, you've been listening to Brian Smith, Dr. Brian Smith, and he rocks, doesn't he? He is the next chair of the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation. This is Joyce Bender, a woman living with epilepsy, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.